Welcome to you wherever you are at, whomever you're with. Uh, we are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. Uh, we are in a great series called God of Creation. And uh, the idea is that we can live in harmony with God as he has created all things, or we can live uh, kind of disjointed and disconnected from God's good, pleasing, and perfect will expressed to us through what he has made. Uh, one of our foundational passages has been this text from Romans chapter 1, where the Apostle Paul uh, makes some uh, pretty amazing statements about how God has made himself known through creation. In fact, he writes, what can be known about God is plain to them, to us, to people, because God has made it plain. Well, how has he done that? Paul says, or ever since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, and then he names them, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what he has made. You know, that's, a, again, an amazing glimpse of reality that everything that can be known about God's eternal power and his divine nature are clearly displayed to us through everything that God has created. You know, someone once said, if God is, uh, in, if God is infinitely good, but he's not eternally powerful, uh, that's a problem for creatures like us. But you know, the opposite of that is also true. If uh, God is eternally powerful, but he's not infinitely good, that also creates problems for us. But as God has made himself known, he is both. He is uh, absolutely capable, and he is incredibly and entirely good. And uh, Paul is saying that uh, creation reminds us of that every day and in every way. And uh, here's kind of the gist of, of this series. I'm hoping as we go through uh, different aspects of what God has created and how he's made himself known, uh, that you and I will become more open to the revelation of creation, uh, that there would be something in us that is uh, more yearning uh, to sync up and live in harmony with God as he has made himself known through everything that he has made, uh, you know, kind of a, a sequel uh, to that attitude of being open uh, to the revelation of creation is it draws something out of us. And uh, for lack of a better phrase, uh, I would say it like this. Uh, creation, as we uh, understand God's nature and his power and ability, should awaken an attitude of gratitude in us that we can live every single day of our lives in this uh, sometimes chaotic world with an attitude of gratitude simply because of how God has made himself known to us through what he has made. Well, unfortunately, uh, we often miss that. In fact, uh, the Apostle Paul would go on to write in verse 21, Romans chapter 1, uh, although people, although we uh, knew God, uh, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, uh, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. You know, that's kind of the, the dark side of this series is that uh, when we dull our ears and, uh, you know, uh, mute our hearts to the testimony of God's goodness and his greatness on display through creation, uh, our lives drift towards chaos. Uh, well, this morning, uh, this weekend, we're going to kind of look at the positive side of that. 
when we allow creation to make God known to us, and it draws forth uh, the best out of us. And uh, to address that topic, I've invited a good friend of mine, uh, Greg Zook, who uh, grew up in a home that not only loved God with all their hearts and souls, but loved God's created uh, world. And uh, I'm going to let Greg uh, share with you some thoughts about how uh, creation itself uh, prompts in us uh, hearts and lives that worship our Creator. Well, thank you, Pastor Chuck. It's a pleasure to be here today and to share some thoughts that God has placed on my heart and in my mind in the regards to creation and how we respond to God as His creation. I remember a few years ago, in my devotional life, I, I came to a point where I felt like all of my resources um, were, were too small um, in my thinking and in my prayer life. And inspired by uh, Jesus' prayer that he taught his disciples, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He begins that prayer, that practice of devotion to God, with the reference to who God is. And I began to do that and find that that was a great tool in my devotional life, to, to take the focus off of me and start by putting the focus on who God is, that He is holy, He is other. And then I began to notice in Scripture that all throughout Scripture, there is a foundational basis to our relationship with God. And that foundational basis is that God is the Creator and we are the created. And you think, well, that, that is just so obvious. But, but it penetrated my mind in a new way. Uh, that I needed to acknowledge that consistently, repeatedly, to remind myself that I'm not the Creator, that He is, that I'm the created, and put myself in the place that I need to be. Uh, it's a humbling act. It's a, it's a mental act of, of humbling myself before God. And so I began to do that, to just acknowledge that God is my Creator. And the reason I needed to do that is because I have, I have a me issue. And maybe you can relate to this too. I find myself being self-centered, self-conscious, self-important, self-absorbed. I'm independent. I'm often critical of others. I'm impatient. I find myself being short-tempered. I'm easily angered at times. I'm insecure, and the list could go on. And so I needed something to kick me out of that mental loop of focusing on myself and focus on the one who made not only me, but everything, everything in creation. And as I began to do that, it put my issues and my needs into perspective as I compared them to the enormity of our Creator God. It was like a reset in my mind. Almost like taking just a deep breath in and breathing in the reality of Creator God and then breathing out my stress and my worries about my issues. But you know, there's something more to it than just a mental exercise. There's a spiritual component 
to that practice. Let's look in Psalm 148 and see how the psalmist puts it. He says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Praise, let them praise the name of the Lord, for at His command they were created. And He established them forever and ever and issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths. Lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do His bidding. You mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and rulers of earth, young men and women, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. And He has raised up for His people a horn, the praise of all His faithful servants of Israel, the people close to His heart. Praise the Lord. I think it's interesting as we go through that passage to see that the psalmist oftentimes is talking about inanimate objects, praising God. He mentions the heavens, the heights. He mentions the sun and the moon, the stars and the waters and the skies. All of these things he's saying that they praise the Lord. And it occurred to me that everything in creation is praising God simply by existing, simply because He created it and it exists, and as a result, its existence is testimony to who God is, that He is the Creator, that He is supreme and over all things. I think this is true. I think, I think Scripture bears this out in other places. In Psalm 19, verse 1, the psalmist says, The heavens declare the glory of God, the, the skies proclaim the work of His hands. And in Romans 1, as Pastor Chuck mentioned earlier, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature um, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. When you think about it, as we look back in Genesis, it tells us that God spoke and things came into being. That God created out of things that were not seen and they became into existence. And if you think about it in terms of the word being spoken, and then once that object is created, that that word then echoes down through the ages, and that echo is the praise of God, the evidence of God's divine nature. And 
it's easy maybe to think about that in terms of inanimate objects because oftentimes I like to go out in nature. Uh, it's my mental health exercise. I remember I was at a very stressful job, and so oftentimes at my lunchtime, I would go um, out to the, a lake or the water and just sit out and look at the water and be refreshed in my soul. And I didn't really know why that was. I know I love being on the water, and it was my happy place. And I know probably many of you have a happy place that you like to go to, a place that refreshes your soul, and oftentimes that has to do with nature in the mountains, on the water, um, out golfing, or, or just being outdoors. And I think that there is something to the fact that all of the creation is praising and worshiping God, and without even realizing it, we are being refreshed and renewed by that praise as we come into oneness with what's going on around us, with the praise of our Creator God with the healing power to us emotionally and physically and, and, and mentally, that God, our Creator, is being worshipped by His creation. But you know, that gets a little more complicated when it comes to individuals like you and me, because we have the ability to either participate mentally and spiritually in that praise of God, or we have the ability to ignore that, to deny that, to step away from that, and to not participate in that praise, even though our very existence is giving praise to God. The miracle of life that we carry around, the complexity of our bodies, the complexity of our minds and how we think and process things is testimony to God's creative ability and His love and his supremacy. So, what does it mean then for us as people to be created with the ability to choose to engage with that echo of praise? There's a simple mental exercise of recognizing in humility that God is our creator, our life and our source, our hope and our future. In short, joining all of creation in praising Him, we begin to connect in that very powerful way to our Creator. What is it about that act of praising God that then becomes so powerful for us? Well, I think there's a key to the answer to that in the psalm that we read, Psalm 148, in the last verse, verse 14. The psalmist says, And He raised His he, raised, he has raised up for His people a horn. Now that term horn signifies strength or power. You know, if you think of a rhinoceros and you see that horn on the rhinoceros, that's the powerful part of that animal. Of course, its muscles are huge, its legs are powerful, but it's the horn that really grabs your attention. Or if you think of a bull, with these tremendous horns that want to gore you. It is the horns that are really what makes you think of the power of that animal. And so it's that imagery that God has raised up a horn, a place of power, a place of strength for His people. And then He goes on to describe what that horn is. 
He says, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. And it just clicked in my mind that it is the praise that we offer to God that gives us that strength. That is the strength that God has promised for us. Not only that we are are innately praising God just by our existence, but that we join in with our mental ascent and that we find a place of strength, a place of power, a place of healing, a place of hope, a place of abundance in that, in that act of praising God. That's where our strength is. And then the psalmist goes on to tell us, not in this passage, but earlier, in Psalm 22, why that is. Psalm 22.3 tells us that God inhabits the praises of His people. Be thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel, in the King James Version. That God is enthroned, that He dwells in, that He, he lives and moves in the praises of His people. So that praising God puts us in a frame of mind that gives us access to God that we would otherwise miss. We, we begin to join with all of creation, all of this worship of God that's happening around us simply by its existence. And we join in concert with that in our minds, in a simple act of acknowledging God as our Creator. As I begin to, to practice this, it, in a very simple way, I'm sure there are much more elaborate ways and extensive ways to do that, but for me, it just is helpful for me to find a way that is consistent. And it, it's as simple as in the Lord's Prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I just need to remind myself that you are holy, that you are other, that you are God. And in that same way, I say, Father God, you are my creator. You are my source. You are my future. You are my hope. You are my breath and my life. It's those kinds of words, those kind of mental ascents that, that help me reorient my mind, reorient my spirit, and align myself with what all of creation is doing. With that echo down through the millennia that says, and God said, let there be, and it was so. And that echo comes down, and I acknowledge that and say, God, you have let me be, and I am yours. I am your creation. Show me how you want me to live. Show me how you want me to love. Show me how to uh, honor you with my life, with my work, with my family, in my relationships. Because that is where my power comes from. That's where the change happens in my life, is as I partner with God, as I join God in recognizing who He is in all of creation, that He is over it all. The other thing that happens when we do that is that it affects how we look at the rest of creation. Um, we have trouble in relationships. I think that's the, that's the messiest part, that as we interact with coworkers, with family members, with neighbors, 
um, sometimes it's hard to acknowledge that, that they are God's beloved creation as well. And as I recognize that God is my creator and humbly acknowledge that to him, and then I think about this broken relationship that I have, I then am also reminded that they are God's creation, that their very existence is a praise to God. And I begin to look at them differently. I begin to respond to them differently. And I begin to draw on the power that I experience in that act of praising God, where He inhabits my praises and is then influenced into how those relationships are dealt with in my life. That the stress begins to dissipate and my attitude begins to change towards them, which changes the situation. It may not change them because we have no guarantees about that, but it, I think, opens a doorway for change because of what God does within me or what God does within you. It's a simple, uncomplicated kind of a tool, but it is accessing such a powerful, powerful resource in our Creator to affect our lives and to affect the world. I think similarly, it affects how we view creation and the environment, how we tend to think about it, how we use it, how we care for it, because it is part of that praise concert. And if we distort or destroy that creation, it affects that praise and it affects that connection that we have with the power and the presence of God. It impacts it. And I think that's part of what Scripture says when it says, all creation groans as it waits for God's kingdom to fully come, for restoration to happen, for reconciliation to happen, which is what God has called us to be a part of, His ministry of reconciling all things to Himself. So I hope for you this morning that this might be just a little nudge, a little help, a little tool that you can use to help connect you with your great, great Creator who is supreme over all, who loves you dearly, as Pastor Chuck has already mentioned, and desires for you to be in concert with Him, accessing the power that He has for you, accessing the health and the healing and the renewal that He has for you, simply by humbly coming to Him and saying, You are God and I am not. You are Creator, I am created. You are worthy of my praise simply because You have created all things. That's what Scripture tells us to do. And it tells us that for good reason. Let's pray together. Lord God, we praise you this morning. Creator God, creator of all things, the giver of life, our source, holy, holy God. We worship you today. We ask this morning that you forgive us for when we ignore you in spite of the fact that all around us creation is praising you and we go on our way 
as if we are in charge of our own lives. But Lord, you desire so much to inhabit our praises, to dwell within us, and to give us your life, to give us your hope, to give us that sense of eternity that is in you. And so, Lord, begin that work in each of our lives today as we acknowledge you as our Creator God and do your work in each of us. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.